0: Hi, everyone. Dan Cassidy here. Welcome back to the Sustainable Investing Perspectives podcast here on the UBS Conversations podcast channel. Joining us for today's conversation, glad to welcome back from the UBS Chief Investment Office, Amantia Muhadini, Sustainable and Impact Investing Strategist for the Americas. We're glad to have back with us today, from UBS Asset Management, Lucy Thomas. Lucy serves as the head of sustainable investing at UBS Asset Management. So uh, with that, Lucy Amatia, thank you both for spending some time today with our listeners and clients. Excited to be with you both as we kick off the podcast series for 2024. So uh, welcome back. Thanks for having us, Dan. Great to be here, Dan. Absolutely. So up front, I do want to remind our listeners, our clients, that our conversation today will tie right into the latest edition of the monthly Sustainable Investing Perspectives publication that is from the UBS Chief Investment Office and can now be located within UBS.com slash CIO. The publication for this month largely focuses on what the year ahead has in store for the sustainable investing landscape. So to that end, Amantia, you do cite within the publication how 2024 could see investor attention being more so focused on measurement and a greater understanding of how sustainability can drive investment outcomes and decision-making. So can you unpack this a bit for us, what you mean by that, what's missing at the moment, and how do we get to that outcome?
1: Of course, happy to, Dan. Um, And I'll say, as we took a step back here, reflected on 2023, and then looked out towards the year that is 2024 already, uh, we oriented our research around six main guiding questions that we have some hypotheses around and we'll be watching throughout the year. And two of these questions really tied to this takeaway of what investor focus will turn to. The first thing that we asked was 2023 was a year uh, where we saw uh, an increased drumbeat of criticism um, as, as well as uh, kind of self-reflection on sustainable investing, and in particular, the three-letter acronym of ESG. Now, we also saw a lot of progress and, and push from regulators uh, across all regions and and in particular from european domiciled regulators. So with those two things in mind we're saying what well what does sustainable investing look like in 24 what should we expect from investors. And as we're watching the market our key headline here is that we expect SI to to further continue its path of maturation. So what we saw in years to pass was um, a lot of excitement, a lot of interest in sustainable investing, but still uh, and, and a lot of uh, need for some metrics and systems as well as investment funds to become tighter on how they're framing the investment thesis, how sustainability is tied to underlying investment fundamentals,
0: um,
1: and also to actually report back to investors not just on financial performance, uh, of which we see a lot of, but, uh, but on that sustainability performance. So with this maturation kind of stage, we we think that 2024 will will be a further step in that area. And we definitely think that the market will be expecting more of this focus um, around uh, kind of tighter fund naming to begin with. um, But also, again, as, as I said, impact measurement reporting will be key themes from a qualitative perspective. And with that, I mean, I'm curious, Lucy, sort of you sit in in your seat uh, kind of within asset management, just curious what your perspective is is here on, on these ideas.
2: Thanks, Anantia. And I think we're seeing some common themes here. So our client base is across both institutional investors, so pension funds, sovereign wealth funds, as well as high net worth and retail investors. So, but many, many common things happening. And this is absolutely the year of measurement, the year of proof pointing. Show me the evidence of what is happening when you tell me that a portfolio is sustainable. And how we're seeing that play out in portfolios is very specific measurement objectives in in the strategy. So that could be, I want to decarbonize this strategy by X percent, 20 percent, 50 percent, um, over the next five, ten years, um, depending on the, the risk profile and the beliefs of the of the underlying um, uh, investor, but we're seeing those objectives, that measurement very much linked to real world outcomes, um, and they usually will be going hand in hand with the investment thesis. So, if it's around decarbonisation or or water saved, or perhaps the revenues aligned with products or solutions that are addressing nature degradation are some of the challenges we see there. And then the third area that we're really seeing show up in terms of measurement is around active ownership. And this is about not being a lazy landlord when you're invested in companies and making sure you're showing up and having conversations, holding boards accountable to these commitments they've made on decarbonisation, to perhaps some of the diversity uh, standards and, um, and other types of sustainability and good governance um, ambitions that they've set themselves. What's interesting, I think, in this measurement piece is it's really showing up in both the risk and the opportunity side of things. So we're looking to make sure, if we th- take a topic like the energy transition, we're looking to make sure that you're protecting downside risks, protecting from stranded assets, but also the investors are wanting to measure and making sure they're getting exposure to those return opportunities, maybe some of those uncorrelated sources of return for their portfolios. So when we think about that and we think about the, the, the speed at which this transition is going to happen if we're going to meet uh, some of the, the, the Paris Agreement um, targets, we're talking about rewiring an economy in a very, very short pace of time. And if you, if you think back, so we it took us 150 years to move, move from wood to coal as a main energy source. Um, globally as a society. Then going from coal to oil, that took us over 50 years. We're now talking about moving away from uh, oil, coal and gas into renewables in only 26 years. That is an incredible rewiring of the economy at the same time when energy demand continues to look like it's going up. There's going to be winners and losers and certainly that measurement piece is showing up in um, how our clients are thinking about who those winners are, who those losers are, and positioning for that future.
0: Well, it will be interesting to see how this mix of themes will take shape throughout the year. We can certainly track the progress here on the podcast. Now, do, of course, have to acknowledge how 2024 promises to be a very eventful year when you take into account The number of key elections set to take place around the world, this coupled with anticipated shifts and the direction of monetary policy from global central banks. So, Amatia, I'm curious from your perspective, how might these factors impact the overall SI landscape?
1: Yeah, thank you, Dan. Thank you for bringing us back to 2024. Um, I I I'd say I appreciate Lucy your reference to 2050 uh, in thinking about the energy transition. And for us as sustainability-focused investors, really a lot of these things are going to be playing out over that type of time frame. Now, of course, what's happening now in the macro environment does inform present investment decisions, and also it informs whether uh, you know asset allocation decisions, essentially. Um, so I'll I, I'd be remiss here if I if I don't stop and point our listeners to a different podcast episode that my colleague Michelle Leliberty joined Dan on called Top of the Morning from two days ago, where Michelle really covered um, some of our views here on the impact of. Um, the election as well as the falling uh, interest rates that, that we expect over the next year. Um, There's a really good summary from two days ago in depth. And so just briefly um, there to address it again, We saw challenging performance over 2023 uh, in in some of these energy transition type investments, largely driven by the increasing interest rate environment. And so as we're now having a view of a soft lending, somewhat reduced economic growth, but also uh, cuts, from central banks from around the world, uh, we think that could potentially be positive uh, as, an, as an entry point and help some of the additional investment in some of these areas that either have a huge kind of immediate capital uh, investment needs or simply are just projecting revenue farther out um, and therefore, you know, are we're being hurt from a performance and valuation compression perspective due to the high interest rate environment? So I'll just leave it there, just from the macro perspective, um, as we've covered this very well in other reports. Um, but but just curious again, Lucy, we would love to hear your perspective in the near term, in over the next year, what what you're
2: seeing. Yeah, thanks, Samantha. It's going to make for an interesting year. So many people going to the polls. Uh, I think we're going to be watching the headlines carefully to see uh, what the results are in multiple different countries around the world, like watching the voting in Eurovision uh, song contest. So some of the things we're seeing that are showing up in particular in 2024, they're they're bigger trends overall, but we think they're more pronounced at the moment for, for how things will shape in 2024. Three things. One is, um, how this reduction in trust is going to shape what investors look for and how that will, and it's connected to what we talked about earlier, about this increased need for measurement and this increased demand for proof pointing. So we know that trust is low generally in organizations. Indeed, um, trust was the topic at the World Economic Forum in Davos last week. And we spent a lot of time there talking about how that's going to play out for corporate Typically, it means an increase of demand for transparency, which means usually more disclosure, which means more measurement. But the good side of more measurement is there's typically more management that comes out of what gets measured. So we see that really um, evidencing some of the success stories for sustainability and, and this, this emphasis bringing forward some of the proof points of where changes and pivots in business models from a sustainability perspective are really driving the opportunities for growth in those business models. The second uh theme that is coming to the fore very much and very quickly in um in twenty twenty four is customization so I think we've all experienced over the last year some you know incredible descriptions of how maybe our roles or our lives will change with uh, in, in a more tech enabled and a more digit in a more digital way of, of interacting with the world and we believe that's going to shape a lot in sustainable investing because we will have Greater ability to customize uh, how we want to reflect our beliefs about the future, our beliefs about investing, and indeed even for some their values in how they, how they allocate to portfolios so a little bit more like what coffee you take in the morning and how you take your coffee we're going to see, we think we 'll see that in portfolios and the last theme that um, really should start to take hold in two thousand and twenty four is um, the, this intergenerational wealth transfer that is going on in, a, in an obviously in a longer term context, but as we see that coupled with the concentration of wealth we've seen, and um, but we are seeing that transfer of wealth, and with that concentration as well, it's it's a relatively small number of people who can really influence the outcomes for eight billion people around the world, and we think that's going to be um, particularly interesting in 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 how capital gets allocated when you combine that with this. Uh, This ability to customize as well as this evidence for proof points on on how capital is um, impacting both economies, socially and and indeed the planet. So they're the the things we see showing up over 2024 in, in more prominence perhaps than we have before.
0: Well, Lucy and a very interesting takeaways here, a lot to keep an eye out for in the year ahead. So thank you both for spending some time with our listeners and clients here on UBS Conversations for our first SI Perspectives podcast of the year to share your outlooks and for highlighting that range of themes as well. A lot there to keep track of and be on the lookout for over the next few months. So thank you both again for spending some time with us today. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, Dan. Thank you. Today we have been joined by Amantia Muhadini, Sustainable and Impact Investing Strategist for the Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office, as well as Lucy Thomas, Head of Sustainable Investing with. UBS Asset Management. A couple of housekeeping items. Again, I do want to point our listeners, our clients, to the Sustainable Investing Perspectives publication. Uh, that title, What is Next for Sustainable Investing in 2024? Again, for clients of UBS, simply reach out to your UBS financial advisor or locate the publication on UBS.com CIO. As Amantia pointed out, we were joined by Michelle Liberty on Top of the Morning just a couple of days ago. That episode is now live and available. Top of the morning, sustainable investing, top investment ideas for 2024, which of course is available on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Alexa, as well as Spotify. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. The views expressed are as of January 2024 and are subject to change. Any mention of individual companies is neither a recommendation to purchase or sell, and performance is not guaranteed. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliates. The views and opinions expressed in this material by external guest speakers are those of the author, speaker, and are not those of UBS, its subsidiaries or affiliates. Accordingly, UBS does not accept any liability over the content of the material or any claims, losses, or damages arising from the use or reliance of all or any part thereof. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient, and is published for informational purposes only. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.